0: So can we can we pause for a second? So okay, do you know of another instance where you would just put spank in front of stuff? Mm,
1: no, I don't.
0: <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Are You Ready for Another? It's the ongoing conversation about life, beer, and what lies ahead. I'm kicking it off with a Rheingeist Truth IPA. Um, Rheingeist is a Cincinnati uh, brewery and they 've kind of i don 't know i I feel like how many years old they are they 've kind of exploded faster yeah. than other um breweries that i've seen right I mean I was in Nantucket and I saw Rheingeist in Nantucket, and Jeez. it was just like you know it, it was one of those things i was i 'm just always impressed with always seeing them around, but I really yeah. like the son an i p a it's kind of just a simple i p a nothing super fancy, but they, right. they do it right and and it tastes pretty good. What about yeah. you? What are you drinking?
1: So uh my first beer tonight I have uh Mad Tree Brewings it's called Luna Lux it's a white IPA. So Ooh. it's 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 pretty good. Um it's they're on their website they say like winter brings cold dark and long nights but the moonlight cuts through the darkness. Luna Lux will bring a brightness to your senses on even the darkest
0: days. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the like start of a dungeon excuse me I feel like that's the start of a Dungeons and Dragons book like, yeah. <laughs> like you have to pull out the Luna Lux White IPA at right. the end of the book to save your clan from the giant dragon that's going to kill you <laughs> it's like in my darkest night I bring forth Luna Lux White IPA <laughs> destruction oh, <man>. plus 10
1: <laughs> you shall not pass <laughs>
0: And then, he, and then you drink it, and you're like, hmm, that's pretty good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which, I, I, I've never heard of a white IPA before. Do you have any idea what that, like, what makes it a white IPA? Yeah, no idea. Okay. Um, I, was hoping, I was hoping their website would uh, shed some light, get it, on to... Uh,
0: <laughs> we need, wait, hold on. We need a drum roll. or We still need that soundboard. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, just various sounds. That yeah. The ba do
1: um but yeah i have no idea what what a white ipa is and i was hoping their website would tell me but i i still don't and it has nothing to do with like the color of the beer or anything it must be some ingredient they use or something
0: yeah okay so i found this beer of tomorrow website introducing the white ipa at the most basic level, of white IPA is a beer that mixes the hop character and brewing uh, brewing techniques of an India Pale Ale with the wheat base and spice additions of a refreshing Belgian Wit beer. Mm. Huh. So it's like kind of a combination. Yeah, interesting. I, okay. I can
1: I can definitely see um, now that you said Belgium. I can I can kind of taste some of that in there. But um, yeah, I think it's pretty good. I, I'm 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 going to enjoy it.
0: So what are we going to talk about tonight?
1: I think we're we're going to delve into like listen our listening experiences with with music and kind of our our tastes and preferences and and kind of what um you know, what we listen to now, what we've listened to in in the past and and just talk about all things rock and roll.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, that sounds good. Um why don't we start from the beginning, Kevin? Let's okay. go back in time. Do you have a first memory of listening to music, whether it's on radio, on anything, or what is your first memory of realizing that music was different mm-hmm. than a TV show or something? You know,
1: yeah. Um, man, first memory. Oh man, I would I would have to say it would have to be something to do with Pink Floyd. Um, because that, that was my very first CD that I bought was dark side of the moon. So I presume like if I could really like sit here for the next hour and like take a deep dive into my memory, I'm sure it's something to do with like watching, I don't know, like the live at Pompeii or, or, mm-hmm. or some, some, because like you guys always had all of those, those Pink Floyd VHSs and stuff like that. You know what? I think now Now it's starting to come back to me. I think it was when Pulse was released. I remember when that was released. And I remember thinking, like, this is something special, you know? Yeah. Like, I didn't know what it was about, but I just knew it was something something big. Yeah. So, so
0: Pulse was released... In June of 95. So how old would you have been on June 6th?
1: So uh, I would have... Or
0: sorry, May of 95. 95. (laughs) How old would you have been in 1995?
1: So I would have been nine years old.
0: Nine? Okay. Yeah. That's funny because... And I'm sure we both had memories of music before that. Like, yeah. um, you know, Hosanna or Hosanna, you know, in the, the hymns of the Catholic school. I remember liking that, you uh-huh, know, when we'd sing uh-huh. that song and stuff. But it's funny that nine years old was kind of your trigger because I have a very distinctive, like, listening to a song and I knew I, like, loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and for me... It was Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams on the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack. (laughs) That song was, like, massive. It was played constantly all the time on the radio. And just looking it up, it was released June of 1991. Mm -hmm. That would have made me nine years old. Okay. So it's funny that, like you're you, nine around pulse when we were listening to it a lot and stuff and i was nine around when, when the, yeah so i wonder if nine years old is kind of like the and obviously there were songs that we probably both liked before that you know i'm sure yeah. if we asked our parents they'd be like oh you loved listen to this or listen to this but like a uh, music that really like we heard and, and and we're like oh that's doing something to me right and i i just i remember <laughs> i remember Loving the piano part in that song. I, I remember loving the like guitar solo at the end. <laughs> like there was <laughs> there was so many things that just like you know, set me forward. Uh, yeah. Like with music. And and, and and truthfully that was right around the time when I started buying music. Um I really wanted a a uh I got a cassette uh player, you know. Okay. And would I think Adam introduced me to Weird Al. Adam and Joel introduced me to, to Weird Al in the back uh-huh. of the car, and yeah. I was just like, "This is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life." <laughs> like, why is Dad not playing him constantly Hooray. in the in the car? Right. <laughs> you know. Instead, my dad was like playing Doors and QFM ninety six and like singing really loud. And, <laughs> um, but uh, so okay, so my first instance, um of like buying music you know because you know you go from like having the radio right yeah or Mm. an older brother or your case an older cousin or even your sister i'm sure she played a lot of music that you probably were hearing or etc oh yeah do you was your first uh, did you have cassettes at all or did you jump right into cds because that would have been 95 yeah
1: i yeah i never i never owned I never owned a, like, cassette that, you know, was, like, that wasn't already on a CD. Like, I never bought, like, when new music came out, I never went out and bought the cassette. It was always, I bought the CD of it. So, I definitely remember seeing, uh, like, the, the cassette releases as well during those early times, but... Yeah, it was, I was definitely, by the time I was old enough to actually be purchasing music, I I think CDs was, was here to stay and <laughs> the stronghold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, wh- I mean, what about you? I mean, do you, did you own a cassette?
0: Yeah, I had, I had, um, oh, I, I had a few Weird Al cassettes. Adam was huge, 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 huge into making mixed mixtapes okay. right of mm-hmm. just all types of music right and i wish i still had this one mixtape but it was um you know cassettes could be varying lengths you know like oh, uh-huh. this one you could do 90 minutes or right this one you could right do, you know you could change the quality and stuff but he adam was obsessed with if it was a 90 minute cassette um he wanted to pick the songs that would like use that full cassette completely because okay. how cassettes worked you know it would play one side a and then your player would automatically play the the reverse side, right? And so the tape would move from one spindle to the other, and then when it f- it started playing it in reverse, essentially the other side, it would rewind the the cassette on the, to the other side. So you, yeah, you kind of had this endless looping um, thing. And and mm-hmm. I remember he just had a mixtape of tons of music of like Bob Dylan and the Eagles and uh. uh the Proclaimers, um, okay. the I Would Walk 500 Miles songs yeah. on there, you know, like just <laughs> just all over the board and stuff. So, right. But th- the only cassettes I actually remember going in and buying, like, oh, I want to buy a cassette that wasn't a mixtape that Adam had made and I just listened to, or, you know, it was a, a rip. I don't even know what you called ripping music onto a cassette was called, but, you know, of Weird Al, but it was Boys mm-hmm. to Men, <laughs> like, I think their second album or their first album. Okay. Um, where they had the, like, I don't know, the really sad song, like, How do I say uh-huh. goodbye? <laughs> <laughs> you know, all that stuff. <laughs> um, but who knows, you know, what year that was. Yeah. And it was around that time, because my dad had a CD player since 1985 or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember... It's one of those stories my mom always complains about, like, oh, your dad got rid of all my albums, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and so I like to just imagine my dad coming home from Sun TV or Micro Center or wherever the heck he bought his CD player and was like, here's the future, <laughs> we're getting rid of all the old crap, <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, he takes all my mom's records and just, like, these don't work anymore, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> and he would just start buying cds so we always had cds around so i was always around cds but Mm -hmm. i never like owned cds yeah and um i i so wanted a discman you know a portable cd player Mm -hmm. and i think it was my second uh, it was second grade christmas i finally got one and so i had this discman and I think a Weird Al CD came with it, and it was, start, you know, like I got a Weird Al CD with it, but I remember mm-hmm. going to, like, um, what would that have been? I don't even remember. It was probably Hills in Lancaster. Do you remember okay. Hills at all?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And I was looking at all the CDs, and so this, this was probably around 93, so I was either 10 or 11, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and... <laughs> And I remember there was two CDs that caught my eye. I loved, loved, Boys to Men at the time, okay, mm-hmm. and it was, it was like just post Christmas, like since I just got the CD player for Christmas, so they still had like all the Christmas CDs, but like on discount. And right. Boys to Men had a Christmas interpretations CD, <laughs> like it's just them singing Christmas songs. Yeah, and so I bought that and Beavis and Buttheads. Um, had an album
1: oh was it their do america soundtrack Uh, no
0: it wasn't the soundtrack because that was for the movie this this was um the song that came out with it was um uh the sunny and share song uh, i got you babe oh yeah um this was just let me look it up Uh, uh, (laughs) what was it called but i got these at the same time so talk about like um you know an eclectic mix of mixtures of stuff i've got beavis and butthead and i've got <laughs> boys to men christmas interpretation <laughs> <laughs> yeah 93 share recorded okay. the cover version of i got you babe with the american animated characters beavis and butthead the song was the first single off Be- the beavis and butthead experience a comp com- uh, <clears throat> excuse me complication comedy album released in 93 okay yeah, that's crazy so those are my first two cds and i'm like boom had the Weird Al CD <laughs> that, you know, I got for Christmas. Christmas, or uh, Boys and Men Christmas Interpretations, and Beavis and Butthead, which had, like, I think Nirvana was on I mean, it had, like, Anthrax. Yeah. Like, Megadeth. Run DMC was on it. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, huh. Primus. It was, like, an eclectic mix of, like, uh, tracks and stuff. But I love that CD. I thought it was just so funny because it, like, opened up and, like, Beavis and Butthead are doing their thing and, you know. There's a song called "Come to Butthead" where he's like "Come to Butthead." It's like a (laughs) smooth, like you know, sexy song, right? (laughs) But what are you like? What was your first memory of actually buying a CD? Like going into a store, saying, "Hey, that is what I want," or
1: um, because you already said
0: your first CD was "Dark Side of the Moon," right? But you, you probably. Were you gifted that, or do you remember picking it out? No, or I, I, th-
1: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Sun TV at the time in Lancaster, and I went in and they had a big CD selection, and I, you know, went and bought Dark Side of the Moon, and I, I remember thinking, uh, you know, my nine-year-old self, which you know it's kind of crazy because it's like my my niece is is older than what I was at the time of of this purchasing dark side but i just remember like i felt so mature because like <laughs> the, i mean people that are a lot younger than us don't realize how massive the cd selection oh yeah uh uh you know in stores were i mean they it was just rows and rows and rows and rows i mean they of took CDs. up like
0: the half Half of the stores, right? yeah. Like I mean, yeah. if you go into Best Buy now, half of Best Buy used to be just the middle part was right CDs, like, right. And it was and so nasty. like
1: for for this nine year old to like walk in and like know like where to go and you know like that I even knew who Pink Floyd was. Like I just I remember fe- I felt like so so like adult because I. <laughs> Not only was like into a band that nobody, else, no other nine-year-old at the time was probably into, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, just the fact that I like could go pick something out and what, and it just wasn't just this giant sea of <laughs> of you know uh, CDs because you know at the time it's like there was no way to like really research this, like there wasn't like you couldn't go and look up a band online, you know, like there was. I mean, just imagine like walking into a store and you just you don't know anything about anything, and there's yeah. no way to look it up, there's no way to do anything. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you had,
0: your options were twofold, right? You had the um, album cover, you know, right. which like is a, a way of you know seeing what if you like something or not. And uh-huh. two, back then, uh, particularly stores like I think. Best Buy might have like pioneered this, but you could take a CD and go scan it at like a little kiosk with headphones. Okay. Oh, and you could yeah. like play. I, I don't know how they did it. I don't know if they just had everything loaded up or what, but it would right. play like snippets of the tracks and stuff. Right. So it was pretty cool. But those, yeah, that was your only way of, yeah. Like, unless if you knew, hey, I heard this Brian Adams song on the radio. Right. <laughs> I, I need me some. Uh, you know Brian Adams stat. <laughs> um, where's the, the Brian yeah, Adams section? Yeah, you know? <laughs> you know
1: what? I I until you brought that up, I kind of forgot about the listening kiosks, mm-hmm. and like that's that's what you would do. It's like you would you would listen to music in the store to see what you liked.
0: Well, I mean that's how Adam and Joel discovered Dada. You know, okay. like, who's one of you know Kevin and I's like favorite bands. Right, is this band from California who had a semi-hit. Um, with disneyland on the radio in 92 i think and Uh joel and adam were at sun or micro center somewhere maybe best buy i don't know or incredible universe even i think it might have been incredible universe up on uh, okay gender road i think that's where it was but yeah joel was literally just looking around and Uh it was probably a featured cd that week because their song was like in the top 30 or something you yeah, know yeah. and and he played it on that kiosk and was like oh this sounds really cool you know and so they i think they both bought a copy of it that day huh. and, you know it stemmed from there i remember i remember yeah. when adam um we were leaving my grandma's house and adam was like oh i'm gonna go see the, a band tonight and i was like oh who are you gonna go see and he said dada and the, I was thinking of ABBA, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. very awesome like eighty or seventies, right. you know, disco band, right? And I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. Like, why would you tell me that? Because Adam never really told me anything, you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but, that's uh, funny. Yeah,
1: yeah. I remember. Um, I don't know if you remember how Easton when they first opened, they had a Virgin Records up there. And oh really? This, wow. Yeah. And this place was was just massive. Like just th- like literally thousands if not tens of thousands of CDs. And I remember thinking like if you couldn't find it in here, you couldn't find it anywhere because I mean it was just just this huge huge record store. Um but you know, it, it didn't it didn't last very long. Um you know, I think it just that's when I think at the time, that's when kind of the
0: that, record. Com- Easton opened com- in what in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, which, it was, that was like peak um, Napster time, right? Right, like, right. And uh, record labels were seeing album sales plummet. <laughs> right, <laughs>
1: and these companies were like, "Well, we have these giant, expensive stores. Like, we can't, we can't keep maintaining. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to sell a whole lot of CDs to to pay your rent." So. Um, but yeah, they yeah. they close. Like I think I was only ever in there like once or twice, and yeah. then they they ended up closing. And and um, that's actually where Crate and Barrel is right now. That's where oh, the, the the store yeah, was. I, I definitely
0: don't. I mean, I'm sure I saw it. Um, yeah, but I don't think I was ever in there when it was Virgin uh, Records. Yeah. But well that's kind of crazy.
1: <laughs> so you've bought your first album. You've kind of you've taken your first dive into the into the musical swimming pool where where do, where does young michael go from here how how, how how did you your your listening uh, preferences change <laughs> from the the first couple albums you bought
0: so if i was in let's say around second third grade right um it was mainly weird al stuff i remember i got weird al's uh, mm-hmm. greatest hits box set yeah. Um, which is funny now. It's like surprisingly expensive on eBay if you have a complete set. <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, which is kind of funny because that came out in 93 or, you know, something like that. And then it's like he's had another 25 years of yeah. stuff, you know. So I should probably update my collection Weird Al and get the next box set. That includes yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so that, that kind of filled most of my... CD collection, I I remember getting like Aerosmith, um, mm-hmm. and it was like bootleg cuts or something, and I thought okay. I was like doing something illegal, even though it was <laughs> bought from, you know, the mall <laughs> in like, Sir, yeah. Ohio. I was like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting this bootleg thing that wasn't, <laughs> um, it, and it—it it was just kind of like stuff that was on the radio. I remember getting Aerosmith, "Get a Grip," you know, like right. had like "Living on the Edge," you know, "You Can't Help Yourself," unfold. like all that stuff. So I was—I was, I was yeah. very into like kind of pop stuff what was into the ra- on the radio uh-huh. all this stuff that was way so, up through 6th grade
1: so that's kind of mainly how you were like curating your collection is is just what you were listening to on the radio Yeah, is exactly. kind of what you you would go out and buy
0: yeah like um uh let's see uh green day you know was becoming huge with dookie uh-huh. their that album, right. it wasn't their first album i think it was their second album but mm-hmm. like all that type of stuff was what right. i was like into i was definitely a pop whether it was rock and roll or whatever, I was I was listening to that stuff, uh-huh. and the huge shift happened, and I like remember it like a a, a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. Was my brother Adam, who's like six years older than me, went to college, and I was in seventh grade, so that would have been ninety four ninety five. He went to college freshman year, mm-hmm. and at the time, um, I think Ohio State was the same, but they were on qu- uh, quarters instead of semesters, so at least for a high university (laughs) Uh at right before thanksgiving the university would shut down and you would have a month and change break so from thanksgiving till after new years um you would you would come home you know you'd -hmm. you'd go home and stuff Mm -hmm. and adam came home from college you know his first quarter at college and he puts on pink floyd's animals okay and I believe it was Sheep. I'll have to verify that, but it's the song that kicks off with like Roger Waters. is just uh-huh. like he starts singing, he's like, nee! and then it turns into like a keyboard sound. You know, it's like, right, right. I'll sing it, I'll sing it, time in the grasslands, so <laughs> you know, it like does that transition. Yeah. That right there, I was just like, what is this (laughs) yeah like like, hold the horses you know yeah and and it's kind of funny because like i said earlier dad would always listen in to qfm he was a huge doors fan right all this stuff but um you know i'm sure i'm sure pink float was played on qfm uh, yeah then but you know it was probably their standards of uh, comfortably Numb or, you know, all these other things, right. like, you know, they put, pl- or Wish You we Were Here, right? Uh, yeah, Th- yeah. Those are played three times a day. Right. You know, across every station in North America and probably England, and it's like classic rock or whatever they're calling it now, iconic rock, you know, yeah. like, but, like, this was different, and the song was 10 minutes long, <laughs> And I remember just being like, this is amazing. Like, how much longer is this song? And Adam's like, it's like 10 minutes. I was like, what? A song could be 10 minutes? (laughs) Um, You know. And so that, like, literally was a shift, right? I dove headfirst into Pink Floyd, went to, I think it was called FYI at some point in the mall. But before FYI, I believe it was called something else. Um, it was the same location. I don't know if mm-hmm. there's anything there. It's n- near where Old Navy is in Lancaster now. But, <clears throat> but I'd go in there, and I'd like be like, "Oh my God, there's so many Pink Floyd albums!" And it was like yeah. this overwhelming thing of like, I can only buy one CD. How do I, how do I pick? You know, uh-huh. like, <laughs> and, and so I'd be buying these CDs. Then I I saw Umaguma, which. Um, for people that don't know, Umaguma is, is is Pink Floyd's double album. It was an album of just random kind of sounds. Like e- each right. of the members right. wrote their own songs. Like, oh, you get three songs. You get three songs, et cetera. And then the other album was a live album. And I think that was the record company being like, yeah, this is a really weird album. How about we put it live on the album yeah. with <laughs> it to help boost the sale? <laughs> and I just remember going to uh, the uh, Washington, D.C. eighth grade field trip. And this kind of shows where my musical shift had changed completely from my peers, right? Elementary, I probably was on the same trajectory. I was buying Aerosmith, you know, they were really popular. I mean, they're still popular, but you know what I mean. Uh Like they had some hits on the radio at the time, buying other stuff that was on the radio. (laughs) Um, seventh and eighth grade is when rap really kicked in the high gear. You know, that's Uh Dr. Dre, that's Snoop Dogg. That's that's all those people were like dropping those albums. And so I'm on the eighth grade field trip. Uh, my friend Dustin, we go into a record shop. I buy a Pink Floyd's. I, uh, that's actually when I bought Umaguma. I buy Umguma, okay. and he buys Bone Thugs and Harmonies' like album that just came uh, out. You know, you remember? Yeah. Bone? it's like boom, 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 boom. Right. Tell me what you want. <laughs> you know, and so I'm on this bus with like 30 of my peers, and. <laughs> like Dustin's trying to like get, can't believe he got around the parental advisory sticker you know he's like, oh, oh my yeah. god, they didn't check her ID oh. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm listening to some obscure like kitchen sound noises from right. 1971 or something <laughs> and then I kind of like jumped from there listening to other stuff but I see I'm so jealous of or I should say envious I'm so envious of your like origin story because you started off with dark side of the moon you know right right. (laughs) it's like i had to work my way going through like beavis and butthead covers and (laughs) like (laughs) which is probably more expected of a a second grader than like yeah i'm I'm diving into the the dark mind of roger waters lyrics right now in second grade mom dad leave me alone i'm (laughs) I'm contemplating life right now
1: Now, now, one thing that I, I haven't asked, and I think it, it's kind of important with this conversation, is do you remember when Nevermind came out? Do you have any recollection of when the album was released and Smells Like Teen Spirit was really yeah, popular?
0: Yeah. And you're talking about Nirvana. Um, yeah. I remember it in the context that, it, to me, it was another super popular song, right? Okay. Like, and it's kind of this weird thing where I you don't hear it so much on the radio anymore, but I, I do feel right. like, um, there were so many genres played on WNCI, right? Mm-hmm. They'd be playing Nirvana, yeah. then they'd be playing, um, uh, you know, H- Hanson, you know, yeah, yeah, and and it was like this mix, and I, I feel like they don't do that as much anymore. It's like just all pop or it's mm. all this that type of pop. Yeah. But then it was yeah. like, well, we got the it's really popular. We need to play this stuff. I mean, heck, right. they would play stained and all that type of stuff at a certain point, you know? Uh-huh. And then it like I don't know. I guess everybody has er, you don't need to have the eclectic mix. You can have that stuff. But anyways, I'm, I'm getting long-winded. I do remember it, but I remember it more wrapped in Liana, my sister absolutely loving it. Okay. You know, and so mm. in my mind I remember the video. I remember the video just being like, wow, this is really different than like other videos you know right and it right. was just like it was all these kids and like it was a dark uh, uh, gymnasium and they're dancing yeah and it's just like and so I, I do remember like thinking this is different but at the same time knowing like oh that's just another that's just a popular song that's what music is like it wasn't uh-huh. like mind-blowing shattering like to me that Oh, they're doing something so different, you know, they're yeah, you know, <laughs> that type of thing, but oh, right. uh, it's more tied into Liana knowing it yeah. or loving it and everything. But yeah. uh,
1: I I distinctly remember um swinging on my swing set in the in in the backyard and just going like as I'm swinging back and forth just like singing the like hello, hello, <laughs> hello, hello and i i remember like that's i kind of liked that song um but i just remember like I, I couldn't have been any more than about 6 at the time but i was just swinging back and forth singing <laughs> smells like teen spirit yeah
0: but, i mean yeah that was 91 <laughs> of yeah you doing that that's really funny
1: <laughs> but yeah it's it's funny as as we kind of talk more about about these early memories of music it's 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 funny how like things like that uh, come back to you. Like, (laughs) because like when you first asked me about like early memories, like that was not even, even in the forefront with, with that. But yeah, I mean, I, I I guess I would say that's probably one of my most significant earliest memories would be, would be swinging on the swing set, singing, uh, smells like teen spirit.
0: That's a pretty good memory yeah kevin's got the best early memories of stuff he listened to nirvana (laughs) and uh, pink floyd is his first uh, yeah
1: (laughs) but you know i was just born at the right time and had good influences Mm -hmm. so
0: it's weird to me to think that even in the late 90s again like mtv would play such an eclectic mix of music you know (laughs) Of yeah like if if it if it was today if mtv still existed like it used to where they actually played music videos Mm -hmm. it would be ariana grande you know um yeah all these people that you hear on the like pop radio which is fine i mean i i I like ariana grande but like in the late 90s you had to play all i mean corn was played on mtv next Mm -hmm. to britney spears yeah, it would be a corn song, and then Britney <laughs> followed by Britney Spears followed by Instinct. like that right. to me is mind blowing. Like that would yeah. never happen. Yeah, today. <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah, and... that's true. <laughs> and I mean, that's kind of that's kind of how you would discover, you know, somebody is. You'd just be like the next video or whatever. Would be like, huh? You know. Yeah. I mean, I remember the seeing the like world premiere of. um um the Spice Girls song uh, what was that called tell me what you want what you really really want so definitely want to, yeah. to bomb so i remember seeing like the world premiere of that video on MTV <laughs> and i just remember i was like who i was like who are the these people and so like at the time like um i think that was probably like when Ace Ventura was was really popular this is probably where this is coming from <laughs> but uh I always thought, like putting the word spank in front of things was really funny to me. <laughs> and so I was just like, "Oh, they're the Spank Girls." Oh, wait, did and you I go just... around
0: your house and be like, "Hey dad, have you heard of the Spank Girls?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but uh I was I was watch I was watching it uh with my parents at the time. And I just remember my mom saying like, "Well, you were pretty close. They're called the Spice Girls." And so that was like that was like my uh my my first uh recollection of that. But so can but we it, can
0: we pause for a second? So Okay. Do you know of another instance where you would just put spank in front of stuff?
1: Mm, no, I don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know. I really want to be like <laughs> Like, was it because it sounded like Spike or, you know, Spice sounded like Spank that you did it? Or would you no, literally just I, choose to no, put Spank in front of him? Hey, yeah, Spank I would mom.
1: literally, yeah, I would literally, because that, that was like the irony of it is I had no idea who this band was, but the fact that I called them the Spank Girls and their real name was the Spice Girls was like ironic. I, I kind of don't want to search close.
0: online for Spank Girls because yeah. going <laughs> to.
1: But no, I think I think it was probably like it was during Ace Ventura time or something and I think that's where I was getting it. But I thought it was hilarious to call things like put spank in front of it. Like <laughs> Talk- <laughs> that's the spank spank sandwich.
0: Talk about like life-changing shifts. Um you know, this isn't really music related, but Ace Ventura coming yeah. out was like seventh or eighth grade. And it was right. like, to me, it was like before Ace Ventura and after Ace Ventura, because yeah. the number of people quoting that movie in uh-huh. my like math class in seventh uh-huh. grade was just... Off the charts, like, right. all righty then, like to every teacher, and I'm sure all the teachers are like, what, what, what is going on? Why are these kids doing all this stuff to me? Oh man,
1: I still, I still remember. I think it was, it was part two. It was Ace Ventura Part Two, but that I remember being in the theater and watching that uh scene. Of when he's like at the monk temple. Yeah. And then he's just like, uh, he's just like, um, you know, I'm going to do the slinky. And the slinky's going down like all a the, gazillion the endless, stairs. Yeah, stairs. <laughs> yeah. And I just I remember like just absolutely like dying in the theater. Like I thought that was hilarious because he's just like this is going to be some kind of record,
0: <laughs> you know? And he's just like going down like a thousand stairs. And, and it, but here's the it stops at the last step. It doesn't go yeah. all the way. And he's like ah, yeah. and he's like ah. <laughs> gonna have to do
1: it again <laughs> and he's just like we really don't have time
0: but yeah i remember when i first saw that i was just like just losing it like i thought it was hilarious <laughs> all right so we're moving you know from origins right like oh i right bought this album. I bought this i feel like everybody's life it has to be true or if it's mm-hmm. not true it's got to be like high 90 percentile but your teenage years are your years that that music like kind of forms well here's the question does that music form your identity or does your identity form what music you're listening to at that time you know like um there's just so much stuff that happened in high school like emotions puberty all this stuff and like do you seek out music that reinforces your feelings or does the (laughs) vice arts it just whatever what what are your thoughts like i I really
1: think like especially during those times when when I think back on 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 my life is I really felt like the the music was like just a conduit to which I was feeling. Yeah. So I wouldn't say my identity was formed from the music, but it was more the m- music forming mo- or I forget how I, yeah. I I can't remember how you said that, but basically I wasn't like I wasn't really sure who I was, but I was using my music to kind of like help me feel the way I was feeling at the time. Yeah. I think is is the best way to describe it. (laughs) But I I definitely had two different, I had two varying different levels of, of musical experiences during my teenage years. Like during my early teenage years, I would say like 13 to, about 15, 16. That's when I was really starting to get into like, you know, incubus and Chevelle and, uh, even bought some limp biscuit in there. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) um, some chocolate starfish or whatever that probably, yeah, yeah,
1: yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, but then like, I also had, that's kind of when I started getting into like, Moe and and fish so like talk about like two different ends of the the spectrum there but so I would say like maybe my earlier years was more like harder stuff but then I kind of transitioned into like jam bandy things like more towards the late late teens early 20s yeah but what about um what about your experience with that
0: Yeah, I think my experience with music, and I hope kids still experience it today, is especially around high school, you're getting um, much more freedom to do stuff, you know? um, Yeah. You might start driving, you get your first girlfriend or boyfriend. Um, One huge thing that happened with me was going to concerts. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And that really fed the music as well. And, and similar to what you were saying where like you were listening to the Incubus and Chevelle and stuff. But then also at the same time listen to these like jam bands like Moe and yeah. Fish. I was right. doing a similar thing. Um, let's just take a look. Um, one thing I would recommend every single person do. It's difficult, but once you do it, you will like thank me later. Mm-hmm. Is take all your concert tickets that you have. Um, if you still have them. And put them in an Excel sheet. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have what band it was, what date it was, what venue it was, what city it was. I've been doing that for the last few years, and so I can immediately pull up and see. Oh, yep, I saw so and so here, saw so and so here. Now, obviously, I'm missing some things, like right. oh, I forgot to put, I forgot to keep that ticket, or it was yeah. it was too yeah. small of a show. It was up at the lodge bar and all this stuff, or whatever, you know, yeah. But I can look back, and so my very first concert ever was Chicago back in June 4th, 1996 at Players Amphitheater in in Columbus. Oh, wow. Um, Chicago opened up for Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Don't remember much from the show at all.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Only that I, like, I knew of Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Dad played their albums and stuff, but they played a song uh, that was just harmonies, like, just them singing, and I was like, you know... It was like what I wanted to hear. It was like yeah. taking me back to the Brian Adams, "Everything I Do, I Do It for You," where I was just like, "Oh, it's like, it's like liquid joy in my ear of harmonies and stuff." And then seeing Crosby, <laughs> Stills, and Nash was that, you know? Um, yeah. But like, it's kind of funny seeing these bands that I saw <laughs> uh, back through them. So, Rusted Root, Dave Matthews, Johnny Lang. So I saw Johnny Lang mm. when he was. I think Johnny Lang's one year older than me. So when Johnny okay. Lang came out with "Lie to Me" and he was like the sixteen-year-old whatever blues prodigy, yeah, yeah, I was like fifteen, and so going and seeing him was like really cool, you know, because it was like, oh, I could be up there. Um, right. Saw an amazing band called Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise. It was black uh a, a blind lead singer uh, who also was black, but he was yeah. he was a blind lead singer. Um, and i remember he spilled his beer and we were like oh man he spilled his beer <laughs> like <laughs> what are we gonna do but it was just amazing saw fish a few times saw dada mm. but then here's where the other bands kick in right all around the same time i saw the tragically hip from canada and sadly their lead singer just died from cancer like six months mm. ago or something uh black crows lenny kravitz everlast <laughs> mm. you know uh, yeah buck cherry okay you know like all of those bands were mixed in just like you with with the mose and the fishes of right of and dave matthews at that time of of my world right. and it was like yeah i didn't want to um lock myself into you know oh you're a a, a deadhead or you know you're just a hippie right you know right and it's like no i mean i played in a pop punk band in high school while wearing a, a grateful dead t-shirt which all the, right. the punk kids really hated but one of them was like oh man that's even more punk because you're like playing punk <laughs> like <funky. laughs> it was a weird time but we'll save our we'll save our band's uh, music oh, for another man. episode but that's i completely funny. agree with that like high school was such a mixture of such you know emotions and you're trying to find yeah. tons of stuff you know i mean right i even right. remember um my friend ryan Oh, uh, <laughs> um, who? Okay, so there's been several worst bands of all time, but you know it's like every generation has their oh they're the worst band of all time. It was yeah, Nickelback. Yeah. Now people are saying it's Imagine Dragons. I've been hearing that like Imagine Dragons oh, has huh. uh, taken over from Nickelback. Um, and definitely in my high school it was Creed. Um, like late '90s, early 2000s. Right. People get a, a thing in their butt about a band and like ooh, I hate them so much. Um, but I remember that first Creed album came out. Uh, my friend Ryan was like in love with it, just like he was just like this is the best album ever. But at the same time, he had In Sync's new album, and he was in love with In Sync, and he's like, no man, they're like <laughs> getting away. You know, and it's funny yeah. in hindsight. It's yeah. like we were making fun of him for liking In Sync, you know, right? And to an extent, Creed, but like he should he should have just owned it you know like yeah i like nsync's new album you know like but this like weird peer pressure thing he will now right he, he's denied liking that nsync album and i was like no like just own it <laughs> like i mean heck, probably yeah. half the songs are pretty good you know but like right it's right. so this weird high school thing of like you got to be cool listening to music or whatever yeah and that's why yeah like <sighs> i've i've always hated that like kind of perception of like South Park does a perfect thing of the uh, Golf Kids. I don't know if you, you've seen them, but it's like four kids that hang out in the back alleys and they smoke cigarettes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like a kindergartner, so it's like a sixth grader, a fourth grader, like a fifth grader, this kindergartner. And they're all smoking cigarettes, they are all in black, and they just talk mm-hmm. about conforming. And so whenever like they see the main kids from South Park, they're like, oh, "Sorry, we're trying not to conform to your normal conformities." <sighs> and like, th- <laughs> and then like. While they're conforming to a look, right? They're conforming to only listening to The Cure and only wearing black and only smoking cigarettes and stuff. But that's kind of their commentary on that. Like, you know, people trying to conform to a certain thing. that's what I loved about music in high school was I might not have bought an NSYNC album or a Britney Spears album, but, like, some of the songs I'd be like, all right, I can listen to that on the radio and not, like, be like, ugh, ugh, this is horrible, you know? Right, right. um, You know, if I had gotten a... Britney Spears ticket to a concert, I probably would have gone and I would have added it to my, uh, you know, concert list. <laughs> <laughs> so are you still, are you still adding like
1: even concerts today? Yeah, you go yeah, to?
0: yeah, I try to. So last, last, last one I added, I, I probably missing a few was at the Nelsonville Music Festival because okay. George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic played. And I don't know. I know it's really just George Clinton now, like Parliament Funkadelic right. is like new people and stuff but it's still yeah a heck of a good time um yeah you know when we saw portugal the man i've got it on there um Price. i need to add um uh uh guster uh you know that i just went mm. and saw and stuff so yeah. I, I like to have it but that we have
1: uh joe joe black lewis yeah, there yeah yeah her black black joe yeah, Lewis.
0: yeah but, but you know and what's great is i could say <laughs> okay black joe lewis when was the first time i saw him <laughs> Yeah, that was back in 2012 at the Bowery Ballroom in New York City, July 15th. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, it's funny. It's funny because (laughs) that night, I just I that night more of the other activities that happened in that night. I don't really remember
0: much of the concert.
1: It's just all of the stuff that came after the concert is, is what I remember. Those are some but, of the best uh, concerts,
0: though, man. <laughs> I know.
1: I don't remember the concert, but, man, that was a crazy night. So I'm, and I actually picked this out uh, for this particular episode because I thought it was a very fitting name, but it's a Southern Tier Brewing Company, and the the beer is eight days a week blonde
0: ale. Ooh. Sticking with the white and blondish tonight stuff too. Yeah. As well, so, huh.
1: but what's it, it, uh, what's your second drink?
0: Um, it's the Goose Island. <clears throat> they're just IPA. Oh, Okay. Um, it, you know we've already told the story about my three one two Goose Island. I yeah. still think that I really like that that beer. It's wheat beer. Um, it's delicious. Uh, the IPA I feel is a little lacking. Yeah. Um, not sure exactly what it's right completely completely serviceable yeah as an ipa (laughs) what what would you
1: say your your favorite like ipa is like oh shoot an ipa that just never lets you down
0: Mm. i think let me uh think about that for a second because okay. i like a lot of All... ipas like i really right. like the, the truth ipa i don't know if it okay. would be my favorite um yeah. but it definitely is uh up there you know um yeah for uh, good ipas right but I, I would probably say like for the longest time the uh oh shoot what's her name the great lakes uh, uh commodore perry ipa was oh really yeah mm-hmm. i always like that one but I yeah, it's kind of hard not to really like this Rheingeist. I mean, I I, yeah. I love all kind of IPAs. I mean, even when right, I'm dogging this right. Goose Island, I still uh, <laughs> you know like it. It, 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 it. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say it, it's funny because like I would like without missing a step, I would say CBC IPA. And the reason why I say that it, it it's the only one that I will drink, and then I won't have it for a while. And then I'll drink it, like, after I've had multiple different IPAs, you know, since last drinking it. And then I'll drink it again, and I'm reminded, like, ah, this is what a good IPA
0: tastes. Yeah. Well, and so. the problem I had was when Katie and I moved to Seattle, you know, we had left D.C., we had left Athens, and and Jackie O's really mimicked themselves after Dogfish Head doing very, like, unique, dark beers and doing trying to go outside the box of just the typical ipa and all that stuff and so i l- loved ipas mainly because i couldn't uh, jack use has an ipa but i'm not a huge huge fan of it i mean it's 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 good but it's not like i wouldn't put it on the list um and so that's why i always like kind of like i said the commodore perry ipa or something Um, But moving out to Seattle, that's all anything was. They were called Northwest, uh, our PAs, you know, like, and everything was just hop, 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 (laughs) you know, like, yeah, um, yeah. And I just kind of got burnout of drinking so much, just like, I just want a dark beer that's creamy or like a stout or something. And, Uh uh, you know, for a while when we moved back, I'd actually stopped drinking any IPAs. You know, okay. and it prob- truthfully, it wasn't probably until we went back up to um, the the lake at at your you know lake house place and uh-huh. drinking an all day IPA. And I was like, Oh yeah, ah. I forgot, <laughs> <laughs> forgot <laughs> how I like these. I, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, I forgot how I liked it. Yeah, and I can I can drink these all day and not get drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
1: I remember we so we had vacationed in Mexico and so the only thing that they had available at the all inclusive was just you had Corona, you had um I think it was like maybe Dos Equis and then there was like another another beer but they're all just those I don't I don't even know what I mean I don't even know what Corona is like what you would classify that type of beer but I just remember after just a week straight of just drinking those and getting back to the States, I just remember thinking like, man, I missed my IPAs because <laughs> like that beer's fine. But, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. like I wanted some variety and the variety came from do I want Dos Equis or do I want Corona? Well, they pretty much taste the same. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Yeah,
1: I just remember being like, oh, I
0: missed my IPAs. So let's move into you know second half of our life right okay first half is um k through 12 you know some of the yeah. f- founding years of your listening to music um the next uh is college post college you're in right. your 20s how yeah. does music how does your music musical taste change um did it change you know you yeah. said you're listening to incubus and Chevelle, Moe and fish at some point you're rocking in your infinity (laughs) r.i.p pouring out for kevin's infinity um (laughs) yeah um listening to 101.1 classical jams yeah
1: that's right yeah there was a long (laughs) loathsome road that that took me between those two two points but um so I remember let me let me take a step back so I I actually out of high school I I went to uh, a two-year music school and I remember being in this music school and this was around 2005 and I remember uh, there was like this this kind of frantic at least in my head this frantic need to always find like the best new person
0: oh like, i remember that i remember you having that, that that need yeah
1: right like so like i felt like that y- you were like next level you weren't just a civilian you were a music student you you were you were listening to stuff that was coming out of you South were listening to shit nobody's and, even thought of like right like this right. is so
0: off wall right alley right. stuff it's going to make your ears bleed because you'd even know it existed.
1: <laughs> and so, and so I just remember like just this constant search for like this next giant artist that that, you know, I I discovered them when they were just a yeah. tiny little, you know, south by southwest yeah, side-stage yeah. artist. Yeah. So, I think that like singer-songwriter like shtick that my, the 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 um phase is is you know i was in that for a few years of like this constant like searching and i mean kind of out of that you know searching i uh, that's when i during that phase is is when i i first discovered uh um imogen heap and hide yeah. and seek you know and she went on to do a, a, a lot of big things yeah. but um but yeah i just re- i i remembered like I don't want to I don't want to say like I like I was trying to be pretentious about it but I was I was just trying to like have a more like like a higher level like oh this isn't what's being played on the you know top 40 or whatever like I'm like doing a deep dive into yeah. you know like CD Baby and stuff like that and like really trying to find like the these these gems you know Yeah. Um so I would say that was definitely a, 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 de- a defining like phase, like kind of after the the high school like jam band yeah. like phase. I would say like that singer songwriter, like you know I was even a, a subscriber to to Paste Magazine, yeah. And I remember every month I would get they would send CDs with it, and like the CDs was like a curated like up and coming. CD, yeah. and actually, I still have those CDs. Like, there's still some really good songs on there that I, I actually, I, I should pull back out and, and listen to because
0: <laughs> I listen to those CDs quite a bit. Well, and and that brings up a good point because, you know, everyone online shits on iTunes now. Like, oh, it's a crappy program. Oh, right. Like, oh, I don't want to blah blah blah. All all this crap. But people forget that iTunes back circa 2005. 2004 was so game changing, not just because everybody was stealing music. And when you would search for a song on Napster and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I really want to download, you know, the new Eminem song, it probably wouldn't be one. If it was the actual song, it'd be horrible quality, right? Like it'd yeah. be the lowest bitrate and it would sound horrible. And you'd go to parties and people would be playing this crap version mm. of it, or it would be a virus <laughs> that you would download. <laughs> Or yeah. if you were lucky, it would just be a joke song of somebody covering Eminem, you know, Stan, you know, like, and th- those are your three options. And so iTunes comes, or not iTunes, but iTunes comes out, Apple starts selling music. It was like a dollar a song, I, I feel right. like, at the time. So iTunes had these these singles of people, and would be like, hey, try this, try this, try this. And for a long time, it was huge if your song was used in an iPod commercial remember those iPod commercials with, yeah, with colored people? yeah that was massive for that artist like because Apple was not using what was on the radio you know they were not right playing right. people at that time they were not using Justin Timberlake they were doing indie people or people that were up and coming that they felt like and they were like curating music that yeah. was like hey and I, I really feel like it was Shifting what people are listening to in the mid 2000s, you know, like for the next decade and stuff. And and now it's kind of people crap on iTunes for being whatever. But I'm like, yeah, it's easy to forget the origins of stuff. But most people crapping on it now were probably like 10 or like, you know, something when that was (laughs) happening. So they just know it's always been around like, oh, it's this old crappy thing and stuff. But I loved getting getting those like freebies and i remember Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it was was it cd now i don't know it was like 97 98 i wanted this magazine and it was a it was a it was a cd-rom magazine right they didn't even have a magazine cd-rom magazine and I remember asking my mom if she – I was like, I need a credit card. And she put it in, and she didn't even blink. Like, think about this. Back in 1998, like, oh, yeah, here yeah. here's <laughs> this credit card <laughs> on this online thing that mom oh, still doesn't man. even really understand. Yeah, And, like, sure, I'll give it to you. And I would get a monthly CD that ran like crap, and it would have little, like, 320 by 240 videos, you know, on the CD. And I remember Blink-182, uh, this was before they were kind of big uh uh-huh. had like a concert on there and it was the worst quality but like <laughs> but i love getting that cd because it was like it introduced me to like new bands and stuff and it was just always like so awesome of like experiencing new music like that and so yeah it's awesome you still have those uh, cds
1: yeah and like i i felt like you you felt like you were like on the inside or something like you were you were above the general public when it came to like Listening, um, yeah. But yeah, it's it it's funny to think like, the, you know, it's like I I actually went to the uh, Paste's magazine's website just to you know because I haven't visited that in in years and years and it's good to see that they're still going strong. And oh, they're oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but I doubt they're still sending you CDs, you know, with your <laughs> probably, your magazine. Probably not. I would love
0: <laughs> if they send CDs. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. So
1: what about, so what about we're, we're, we're in our early twenties. We're listening to singer songwriters trying to pick out the next best, next, uh, best hit. But where, where does your journey go from there?
0: But I feel like, you know, I constantly would one weird gap. I feel that's in my repertoire is rap, you know? Yeah. And it's not that I didn't listen to rap. I mean, it was on the radio too. So like right. Dr. Dre, Chronic, all that type of stuff. Right. Um, and, you know, throughout the 90s, it was – I mean, like again, they were played equal time with all these other bands. It'd be Korn. It'd be, mm-hmm. you know, Puff Daddy. Yeah. Everybody else, yep. you know, or Jay-Z. Jay-Z, you know, and it's just like – but, but with the one thing with rap about me is especially – I would never buy albums of them, you know. Yeah. When I was buying albums, but when iTunes came around, I would buy a single song, and I'd be like, "Oh, I love that song!" You know, give me some Flo Rida, you know, like right. <laughs> Kevin's making it rain. You know, he bought that. Oh man. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like college it kind of changed because you would have a lot more music distinction. So you'd go out and you'd see like some musician playing on the street. And playing acoustic and stuff. And that was, like, its own thing. And that was kind of cool. And they'd be like, oh, hey, I heard about this artist. You should listen to him. That's how I uh-huh. heard about John Mayer the first time was street musician playing John Mayer's song. And we were like, is that your song? He's like, no. And, you know, uh, this was before John Mayer's first album came out. So it was just an acoustic version. John Mayer had, like, some, you know, some demos and stuff. But when you would be at parties and stuff, it was all, like... Outcast, you know, and I loved all that stuff. Uh And then it became, like, kind of this twofold. And I really feel like this is separated, was Party, Party Michael music. And I'm just listening to music because I like it music. Okay. And Party music, we'd have dance parties. I mean, you were there a lot. Like, Brent would just be rocking stuff. I don't even remember what music we played, you know, when it was dance party. Right. I just remember John, like, smelling the speakers because we'd have them cranked up to 10. (laughs) Ha! <laughs> but I, I, I that yeah. But I, I feel like that's still relevant today. Is yeah, I have, and and back to your drive into work, and you're listening to classical music. We have these segments of our life now. Where in high school, you're like, oh, I'm just listening to all this stuff all the time. You know, like it doesn't matter, right? But now, like, I, I kind of. I I put it in buckets, or you know, it's like yeah. what mood am I in? Okay, I'm working. I re- I need some Ray Lynch stat. Yeah, I need to focus. Right, you know. <laughs> um, right. Oh, I'm 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 cleaning the house. I just need this. I'm oh, people are coming over. We need some party music. Kevin, rock that stuff. You know, like. <laughs> it, it, I'm on it, and and I really do feel that's when the separation happened. Is because I wouldn't be playing sad lonely bastard music during a party right like yeah like yeah. you know like oh I'm, I'm contemplating knife and smoking my cigarette and you know it's raining outside i like that stuff but you know when you've got ladies over at your place you know you're lucky you can't really be I, rocking that type <laughs> of stuff you know well, what yeah. about you like um you know you brett and i obviously really like EDM stuff and I, I do feel like the right. majority of kids now like that's what concerts are so number fest in Athens um, is a festival like 20,000 people yeah that's a bunch of college students over the years the, the artists are more and more EDM focused like you used to have some rappers you'd have bands I don't even think there's a band there anymore at all it's 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 a right. person with a, a laptop and yeah. some beats, you know. And so
1: I I want to sh- I want to send you this link. Uh do you want me to text it to you or send it in Skype? Uh just put it in the uh oh the the show yeah. the show doc. Yeah. Okay. Um so this is this is perfect. This is when I was doing a deep dive for trying to figure out what type of EDM I like. <laughs> so I just want to show you this. So this is an infographic that breaks up the subgenres <laughs> of EDM. Okay. And then the subgenres in well the you got the main genres and then you got the subgenres of of EDM. So what I've discovered with EDM of that giant, you know, and and we'll include this in the show notes so you guys can see this craziness is I really like house and I like like deep house or like ambient house uh electro house like that <laughs> uh-huh. that genre is kind of that's that's my my edm okay uh
0: so it's kind of funny because I just posted a link that you can view. Okay. Right. Um but don't yeah well so these genres of EDM is hilarious because I remember I was with Bethany, my friend Bethany, and there used to be a thing called Dance or Die uh, at the Union in Athens, and it was just like, you know, they'd have a DJ, and you'd just go dance for two hours and sweat, and, you know, just crazy workout, right? Because you're just dancing. Uh-huh. You're dancing music. So anyways, what I would have considered, and this was probably 2009, right? What I would have considered, like, um, what what's what's the, it, it's not called EDM, but what did people used to call it? It's but Moby. It's uh, um, all um like electronica no but it was or... like even eminem made fun of nobody listens to oh techno okay Tec- Tecno, techno yeah. was the name right like oh that's just right. techno music you know techno techno. Right. and i'm sure right that's probably a genre or a subgenre of something in edm but yeah i'm sure it's also derogatory like this is not techno but anyways michael late 2000s you know Brent definitely listens to EDM stuff. I'm going out with Bethany. She's really into it. So we're dancing, and it's all fun and stuff. And the song changes. To me, it sounds exactly like everything else, right? Well, not Uh, exactly. uh It's obviously different, but, like, same style. And she just immediately stops dancing and is like, ugh, ugh, (laughs) ugh. I hate dubstep. And I was like, what? And so now I can obviously know what dubstep is. But at the time right. I was like, this sounds exactly the same to me as it <laughs> <laughs> And so you bring up this photo just shows the, kind of the craziness of like I bet if we handed your parents like a song for each of these, right? Yeah. That show now I yeah. know they have disco here, you know, but like when right. I, I see technos on there and stuff, but uh, um I bet a lot of them would be like, Yeah, this all kind of it all fall under the same you know umbrella of terms right you know? <laughs> right because uh did you see the link i posted
1: yeah the of the the metal, the metal. Uh, I, yeah. yeah
0: you, you want to talk about people that like get really offended if like somebody calls something something you know it's like the metal crowd is like like i love this norwegian black metal <laughs> <laughs> Like
1: clearly (laughs) it's Norwegian black metal and not Swedish death metal. You fucking
0: idiot. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. That has to be like the start of the episode right there. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But I just love that. Yeah. This is, this is crazy, but it just shows you that you can do this with, with any genre. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that they, they, yeah, you know, delved this deep into metal, and then like oh, well, the, and the they are they are hardcore
0: man. I mean, like Skeleton Witch is a Athens or you know I don't know if they still consider themselves Athens, but they formed in Athens, and I would call them metal, right? Like yeah, in the truest sense, you know they're like Crash, you know. But know. I'm sure that like if I called them, I don't know death metal, which is probably what if somebody t- told me to classify them. Yeah. I'm sure they would yell at me and be like, no, it's thrash metal or it's metal core. Right. You know? And I'd be like, Oh, sorry, dude. I, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm looking for uh Metallica on this. I don't see them. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you
0: know where they're at? I'm surprised they're not on. Okay. It's so early metal. Led Zeppelin. Nope. That's early progressive metal. Yeah. This is a horrible infographic. Everybody. This is <laughs> how not to do an infographic. Yeah. Um, I mean, they wow. have to be on there. I don't know where they're at. Yeah. Though,
1: but. There's Rage, and alter- or Hard Alternative, <laughs> Wait, Jane's hold, Addiction.
0: Hold Speaking of Rage Against the Machine. So our friend Craig, I love him dearly. Um, He is a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, okay? And he worked... Um, at a place that actually had key logging software on their computers, okay. And Craig, because he was bored, because he has to wait for stuff to come in. It's not like he goes in and it's like yeah, no, all these projects. He has to wait for stuff to come right. in. That's when he does it. So he's bored, and I guess when Craig's bored, he types out "Rage Against the Machine" lyrics <laughs> into <laughs> Word. Okay. Which,
1: which, wait, pause here because the fact that he. Knew Rage Against the Machine lyrics enough where he could type them out from memory. Well, is impressive. Well,
0: <laughs> the video I linked to, dear dear listeners, <laughs> is pretty awesome. So around towards the end of the song, anybody that knows this Rage Against the Machine song is called Killing in the Name, and at the end, uh, the lead singer just says, "Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me." <laughs> And so i just imagine craig going fuck you i won't do what you tell me fuck you i won't do what you tell me and his boss comes in and goes craig uh, i got a flag <laughs> <laughs> i think we need to have a talk oh man oh but you know um i i i don't know i love the kevin that you found what your uh edm you're listening to or you like so what is you'd say yours is down to So simple. I would
1: I would say it's it's like deep house or um ambient house or like electro house. So where those like, fall
0: under I'm not seeing those in the bigger. So So it's under house. Oh, so under house, house. Okay, house. House and then yeah. the
1: subgenre of house. Okay. All right is like deep house. So like a lot of the stuff that I've played you that would be considered
0: like deep house or soft house or I think I think immediately or... I would probably just because is the word groove used anywhere on this PDF?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Oh, uh, I just got really annoyed by this PDF cuz some of the dots don't line up in the circle. Look at it- Italo mm. Disco and Where's Electro that? Clash. Oh, that's in the Yeah, in the disco disco yeah see the 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 see oh yeah the, the teal under electric disc golf it's not following the circle um the outer edge of the circle that they would want okay anyway sorry <laughs> they, the designer messed up there but yeah, yeah like i i would immediately be like yep that sounds like my kind of jam because i like the stuff that you play and especially sometimes yeah. i want to hear um i just want to kind of focus on stuff and i just need right. some ambient grooves I, I think yeah, even in, yeah. in Spotify, I just search ambient groove in <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, like boards of Canada but, would come up and stuff. But,
1: but yeah, there's, uh, you know, you got your dubstep, your future garage, two step, UK garage.
0: Yeah. I want to see this same designer do this for rock and roll, too. You know, like, I yeah, mean, yeah, it, it's still kind of annoying that indie rock is like, now not no longer independent rock it's just a it's just a genre like it's like oh it's it's white guys playing death cab for cutie type stuff right it's not indie rock that like indie rock was because they were independent not on a major label like you know (laughs) and now it's like that's the genre is indie rock you know like um, yeah i don't know it's it's kind of funny but yeah this is pretty uh pretty cool chart
1: so what what are you currently listening to do you do you have uh a band that you're currently listening to right now?
0: So with the birth of whatever? Lily and, you know, I am doing a project of curating a playlist of music that we play while she's like, so we want the house not to be quiet when she's during the day. Right. We want people right. here, people talking, people holding her music playing. We're going to be cooking, et cetera. The nighttime is the quiet time. Right. Uh, just trying to like, ingrained in her brain that at a certain point of the day, you know, we're all going to go to bed, you know, and that's what we yeah. said. So, I'm making a mix, a mix of just tons of stuff, you know, and you've seen some of this stuff, but like some of the uh-huh. some of the things I've recently just added are some Paul McCartney, some Glenn Hazard and uh uh I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but Marquetta uh, Golva from the once soundtrack did you ever see that movie once it's the guy in, in mm. uh, uh ireland
1: uh, no no i never great saw that.
0: great movie i think you should uh watch it and stuff got some um Prince on there when doves cry you know got some <laughs> Lemonheads cover of mrs robinson um have about half the uh, uh garden state soundtrack on there <laughs> nice uh katie really wanted to add and you know I, some of these songs are good but uh Uh, A Walk to Remember soundtrack, you know, Switchfoot was on there, like, dare you to move, Oh yeah! (laughs) so that's on there, you know, like, uh, lots of Tom Petty, you know, I I feel bad that I haven't mentioned Tom Petty at all in this episode, but, like, (laughs) one one of my absolute favorite Tom Petty songs is from the um, soundtrack that he did for She's the One, I think it was, like, Jennifer Aniston or something was in it, like, 90s, but there's a song called Walls, and, I don't know, Tom Petty was just, he, he was, like, the perfect, I'm just going to write a Tom Petty song, and it's always good. You know, like, <laughs> it's always right. a good song. So it's kind of funny because I'm not necessarily listening to anything new, quote-unquote new right now, but I'm open to new stuff. And I yeah. even told Katie, I was like, you know what I'm missing on this list is it's just a bunch of white dudes, right? And I need, I need more females. I need, like, more rap. Um, and yeah. I need more, like, stuff. So I added, like, Childish Gambino's uh, Summer. Uh, s- song that's like super awesome I don't know it's just like it is a perfect uh, summer song if you uh, uh, haven't heard of it. You can feel it in
1: the streets on a day like this tacky, I feel like
0: So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm listening to. So right now, Kevin, if you had to be like, this is my jam right now. It would be the band is called The Lastings,
1: and it's the Deja Vu Luke remix to it. So, are you ready for another? Oh my god, I was just gonna say the same thing.
0: Oh shit! Son.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Okay.